Hello, everybody. Ciao, ragazzi. The Milan Guys podcast is back for the 2020-2021 season. This is our first show, and I want to say since the end of July, so right when the season ended, uh, 2019-2020 season that lasted almost a full year, but we're back. TMG are ready to discuss. You know, Milan are actually trying, starting to play like a real team again, so it's nice to have another show. I'm with TMG Marco and TMG Umbi. Ciao, guys. What's going on? What's up, guys? Going on. Been a while, but happy to be back. Been a while. It's been a while. Um, let's get right into it, guys. So I put the chats in here. So if any of the listeners want to put a message in here, we can talk about it. So let's talk about it right away. We've played seven matches in Serie A, and we've played three in Europa League. We have five, you know, have five wins, two draws in Serie A, and they have two wins and a thumping loss in the Europa League. Bye. So, Bye. but however, I would start off like this: if if someone told you in September that at the international break in November, Milan would be top of the city at table with five wins and two draws, would you not take that? Of course, you would. Oh. No, no. What 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 do we see call it? The November scudetto. Yeah, yeah. We won it. Yeah, we won it. We won it. Technically, like Inter, we have we've won seven scudetti. They exactly. won. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We can add a couple more stars on our shirt now. Exactly. Yeah, we can add. Yeah, we can already chop this one up and put a section <laughs> on it. November. Exactly. So five draw, uh, five wins, two draws, sixteen goals for, seven against. Unfortunately, five out of those seven goals came in two matches. So we've got a lot of clean sheets, but not recently, which is a problem. Uh, has been an issue as of recent. I think we know why. Uh, we started the season. We started the season with obviously Bologna, Crotone, and those yeah. were those were clean sheets that that has to be that has to be uh, has to be done, has have to be accomplished. But obviously, when you know against Roma, that was a, just a mess of a game. Um, at three three, it was just a weird weird match, honestly. Um, and then with with Elas Verona. You know, I'll be the first one to say it was very unlucky going down 2-0 to Hellas Verona yesterday. Um, those two goals are both own goals. Like the first one hit off the bar, hit off Gigio's back, then hit off, I think it was, uh, was it Gigio or was it Calabria on both times? I think it might have hit Calabria and went yeah. in again. Yeah, so it was like... He got a long lander on Twitter yesterday. No, he had a, for me, he had a good match. I'll be honest with you, for me, he had a good match. So it was very unlucky. And the other one, it was a, a harmless shot. The guy shot, it hits off Donnarumma's back uh, of his heel, yeah. and it goes into the corner of the net. And you, you even saw his reaction after. He's like praying to God. He's like, are you come on, are you kidding me? A two, two own goals in, in 20 minutes. And honestly, Hellas Verona didn't create any, really anything. They had they created one chance all games early in the second half. It was one chance they created. Well, it's like and, you said, because like that, that Roma game, I think it was just a mess overall. Like the you know the referee decisions and all. Yeah, that. the referee changed the match on that one on, on the Roma game. And but but yesterday the referee. I mean, you have to sit. You have to obviously look at it too. Milan had two goals disallowed. Well, that's, a, I think yesterday we were just unlucky. Because a little bit, a little bit unlucky. Like own goals basically, and then we hit the post. We had the yeah. missed penalty. We had so oh. many over twenty chances created, and we can only score two goals. So I think it was just bad luck. And then regarding that Europa League game, we conceded three goals. I think that game was the game that we just screwed up defensively completely. I think we were, we. I think Pioli didn't put a strong a strong enough lineup on on Thursday. Yeah. And 
And, oh, no. and I'll be honest, you know, I think the penalty was very soft to make it one nothing. And when you make it one nothing like that, it changes the match because then Leo can sit back more. Yes. Um, I think that penalty was weak, and obviously it changed the match. But when we came out in the second half, and can see, I mean, Donnarumma was at fault for the second goal, but it was just a disaster and uh, maybe a wake up call. Um, just to go over some stats on Milan Hellas Verona. 66% possession for Milan, 34 total shots compared to the Hellas Verona's seven, 28 chances created for Milan compared to the Hellas Verona's five. We had four big chances. Uh, we had 420 accurate passes. Uh, Verona had 180. Think about that. Um, a lot of pass success. We had 14 corners, guys, to their one. And, and this is another stat. We haven't scored in 50 corners this year. We had 50 corners in City. Yeah, we haven't scored one of them. I, I can't even remember. The, the last time we scored a goal for corner was Piontek's goal against Atalanta two years ago. Wow. No, that, no, that's not. That has to be. That's absolutely that's, that's the truth. And that, that just shows you that we need to start stepping up. Because, court. and listen, the only exception is in the derby when, when Ibra scored, it was a corner, but it wasn't directly because Kessie touched it and then Ibra put it in. Yeah. But off a corner, like off a corner, so cross it, head it in, one touch, one touch. It, that's crazy. But we have big guys. It's not like we don't have big guys. Like we no, can- I, Ibra, Ibra's a, a menace in there, but yeah, it's just... Yeah. 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 Like our... Our expected goals were 3.54 that game. I know. Thanks for that comment. That's crazy. And we had, and that Hakan goal, by the way, a lot of pictures circulating of that. What the hell was VAR looking at? Because apparently he was onside because the picture that they used, Leia, uh, was it Leao or no? Who who gave the ball in? I forget. Uh, was it Leao? Yeah, Leal. It was Leal. Leal, Leal. The picture was the the ball was uh, off of his foot already. So they said, "Wait, wait, wait! You got to put that back to when it actually came off of his foot." Because yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. I'm, I'm Are you looking at it? Are you looking at it? Yeah, it's Look very, it. very close between him and whoever number three is. Di Marco. It was like I think very. It's Di very close, but now, like it was like I don't know if you noticed, but in the I don't know if you saw, but in the Leeds game, probably not. Uh, uh, I, I saw it. All, I didn't actually see the clip. But I saw someone like, tweeting about it on Twitter. Patrick Bamford was literally because he pointed at where he wanted the oh ball. Oh my god! Exactly, his full arm was extended, and like his shoulder, because now like shoulder is part of like play. Hey, like, but the, but keep to play like that means you're offside now okay so but now, how is that how does that make sense it should be only playable parts of the body that are offside well it, exactly well you, the to- top of your arm is a playable part you can control it with the yeah, top of your yeah arm. i guess but if it's your but your hand no like you can't play with your hand so if you're pointing like no but no but like he was like his arm was like foot and a half but like the top of his yeah arm i didn't see it noticeably, it was noticeably like offside yeah. you so, have to go the rules like yeah yeah, I'm just looking at like the, I'm just looking at like the match ratings for for each player. Like Donnarumma had a garbage match rating. Uh, Calabria didn't have a good one. Pierre, I think uh, Kathy for me and Benasser. Surprisingly, people may say Benasser didn't have a good game. I thought he had a good. I thought game. he was pretty good. Uh, honestly, though, I have no idea how, but Hakan was the man of the match. For you? For everybody, like for he was the man of the match according to all the ratings. Really? Dude, little sports gave him a five point five. I, I know, but everybody else gave him an eight point four, and literally the man of the match was uh, Marco Silvestri in net. He made three unbelievable oh. saves, unbelievable. He's a very, he is going to have a very good future. Like Honestly, he went to match yeah. him up after Chesney leaves, and it's oh. going to be. T- 
Either Juve or Inter, man. Like he's a very. Well, it might be Inter because Handanovic is like thirty-six. That's true. I think it. Um, Inter. Exactly, but anyway, so Zlatan had a, a seven-point-nine metric. And listen, listen, Zlatan, I love Zlatan. However, he didn't have a. He didn't have a. I, I wouldn't even say he had a bad game yesterday because Zlatan doesn't really have that many bad games. Like he, 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 he kind of he kind of gives you. You know what he's going to give you every every game. Ooh, however, exactly. however. The penalty miss makes it look like he had a worse game. That penalty was atrocious, and I think it's time to give Cassie the penalties because that's three in a row that Ibra's missed. Three. That's a lot. Do you guys ever remember Cassie missing one? I don't. He missed missed one. He missed one. 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 Like his Uh, first year with the He missed one. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was the second season. His second season, he missed one. It was against Hellas Verona. Oh, what? It was against Hellas Verona, too. I remember the game. But we were up. We were up. It was the game that Andre Silva scored the winner in the 83rd minute. So it was 2-1 Milan. And oh. we got a penalty in the 92nd minute. And Kessie missed. So it wasn't really that influential in the match because we were about to win anyway. It was like 30 seconds left with an, an additional time. But Kessie missed that. But that was the only one he's made. He scored every yeah, single... Or Chievo, Verona. It might have been Chievo. It might have been Chievo or Elas. Because they know. were 2 nothing at that point. I remember, like, Andre Silva scored and Cutrone scored, like, really, really close to one another. Like in the no, second. no, 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 no. That was a different game then because it was when Andre Silva – so remember when Andre Silva scored that heading, uh, scored that header against Genoa in the 95th minute? Oh, my yeah. Yeah, that was the best. I was, yeah, and I was actually at Milan Club Toronto for that. Um, he so he scored that goal in the next week. So that was his first City A goal. It took until February, March to do it. March. Yeah. And then the next week, he scored the, the yeah. winner against whichever Verona it was in the 83rd minute. And then Kessie got a penalty. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, for the listeners there, you can put in the chat, Puti, Saudi, or, or whatever. Do you remember Kessie missing the other ones? I think that's the only miss he's had. Put it in the chat if you if you think of anything else or anybody who's listening here. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Like Hellas Verona, don't get me wrong. Hellas Verona is a strong team. They're strong. They got a point against you, but he's a very, very intelligent coach. Yeah, you look at Yuri. She's a good coach. He's like he's to me. He's one of those like low key coaches that like actually put up. Like he was given the time to like put up, like do something well with the team he had, with the organization they had. They gave him. They got him a nice little keeper. They got him a. They got him a nice number nine as like Nikola Kalinic, and like the whole team is playing well under him. Well, yeah. They have a lot of good players like Barak. They have Barak. They yeah, have. That's um, been on form lately. That yeah, guy. they have Lazovic. They have Zakani. They have um, Di Marco. They have uh, Lovato. The Silvestri, of course. They have. Um, yeah, but it's a good group of guys. No, yeah. it's a good team. I, and then, I think and then, they'll are. I think they'll probably finish the highest. They finish is like ninth, like how they usually do. They'll probably so, finish. They can maybe compete for a seventh place finish if they win, wow. if they keep winning. Maybe. Right. Yeah, I don't think maybe. So obviously, you got like the fire. You got the firepower of Lazio once Immobile is healthy. Yeah, you got Inter. That's hopefully they implode, but we know they most likely won't. I that. think Inter will still finish top four. Yeah, so do I. I think um, it's. I think it's going to be uh, Inter, Napoli, Milan, and I honestly think it's going to be Rome. Uh, as yeah, the I have to say, I agree with the uh, drops. Yeah, I don't know. Juve look weak. Juve look weak. Like it's like, like Juve. Juve are weak. I think, one bad game and they don't get three points. I think Juve's dominance, may, like especially because Pirlo is such a young coach, and 
Stuff like I don't know. I think Napoli looked very strong this year. Like yeah, Napoli is amazing. They got Bakayoko, and they was just <laughs> like they have one of the most complete teams in the entire league. Yeah, and they have a good coach too. Yeah. So imagine, imagine, score. Imagine if Victor Osimhen actually score goals too. Well, Victor Osimhen is kind of like one of those like squad players. Yeah. Um, he, like he's like one of those players that like creates space for others. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of. Like, but he is a goal scorer though. He is a goal scorer. He's a um, very, he's a he's a he's a good old he's a modern day nine. Well, he's the guy that Napoli's been missing because Milik is he wasn't no, Milik sucks. Yeah, he wasn't the guy for them. So Oshiman has been fantastic. Since we're on the topic of like uh, standings, all right. As of now, we're in first place, but sure. realistically, we don't think we're gonna stay in first place by the end of the season. If we no no I, I don't know I obviously like so. I did a poll on the Twitter account earlier today, and I, we can talk about them right now. Um, so the one I did a couple polls, but the one, I'll, the last one I, I did was, um, where do you see Milan finishing in City out of the season? I did it for a couple hours. Yeah. Um, and there's 160 votes on it right now. Okay. So I said the the options were top top two, top four, and then in between five and seven. I think that's pretty fair. I don't I don't think we should drop past seven. I hope not. Um. So and most people. So eighteen percent said top two, seventy five percent said top four, and then seven percent said five to seven. So a lot of people believe that we can we can finish top four this season. Um, Hopefully. I, and I also did a couple other. I'll mention the other polls too. So I said. And this one, I thought, see, I wonder if we would have beat Hellas Verona, this answer would be different. But I said, how comfortable are you with this Milan side going to the international break? 260 votes. It's almost dead even at very comfortable and meh, average. And 16% said not comfortable. So you like, it, I think Milan fans are just, Milan East are just so used to failure over these last years that they kind of know that maybe a, a downfall could be coming. So they're not going to say they're, I'm not comfortable with the team yet. I'd probably say meh average. I'm not that comfortable, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally completely stressing yeah, out yet. I agree. Cause I'm not hundred percent confident because if we have multiple guys, say there's another hurt injuries, COVID injuries, COVID. And then, you know, we're going to be suffering again. And I was going to bring up too, without Ebro guys, Antonio Casano made a comment. Yeah, so I saw that. You saw that. Saying that yeah, we're not, yeah. Milan's nothing, we're just an average team, which yeah. I do have to say I agree with Antonio Cassano because we look lost without Ibra. Of course and, we do. You know, and he's the, like you see him like like you said with him on the field, even though he's not scoring, his off like when he's off the ball, his movement is just yeah fantastic. exactly. You know, you see it. Well, going back to standings, if I may add, right, I'm just on Betway because I want to see like what the odds are for outright winners. Obviously, you'll have Juve as favorites with 2.62 times your cash back or times what you bet. Mm -hmm. Inter at 4.0 times, uh, times what you bet. Napoli 6.0 times what you bet. And Milan 7 times what you bet. So Milan's top four. At the, they're above Atalanta. They're above Roma. They're above Lazio. Lazio's at 34 times your bet. Well, like, oh, wow. And That's like, dude. Atalanta's only six points. All they need is Immobile to start playing again. I know, but Atalanta, Atalanta don't look as strong this year. Like they, they lost, they lost to Sampdoria. Like and they lost like pretty bad to Sampdoria. They got oh, killed really? by Napoli. Got killed by Napoli. And then Napoli. Liverpool came in. Liverpool came into to Bergamo and literally destroyed them. 
Yeah, well, like Napoli should be tied for first right now if like that game against Juve doesn't doesn't. Well, well, assuming they win that game, but yeah. we'll find out tomorrow according to what they're. Yeah, saying. maybe. I mean, I think it, if anything, they're not gonna. They might get uh, like it might get postponed. I like, like I it might see them play. That would be a great game. Well, I mean, like for the good of competition, right? Like you want to exactly, see. Yeah. So anyway, we'll move on with the polls. I said, so the next poll is how impressive you've been with Stefano Pioli so far. 80% said he's great, 20% said he's average, and zero zero votes for him being poor. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think Pioli's done a good job. He's It's nice to have some continuity with the formation. We play the same formation. We have we kind of you can like obviously we have some players like like rotating like in, in the the three behind the striker, but you kind of know what the formations go, or what players will be playing every week. Like against Napoli, I kind of know if everybody's available who will be playing in that game. You know what I mean? Like when um, coach, you knew who at least ten who ten guys were going to be out of the starting. Same, yeah, same thing. Yeah, exact same thing. And we did well at Gattuso. So. We did, then, yeah, exactly. So, and then I said, uh, "What are your?" I said, "What are your thoughts on the defense?" In the ninety-third minute, yeah. So, so I said, "What are your thoughts on the defense?" So, eleven percent people said strong, seventy-two percent said average, and seventeen percent people said poor. I have to say, yeah, average because average. It was good until it was good until the Roma game, and it kind of. But I mean, like a lot of that's due to Tetrashanu. Like we didn't have Donnarumma. And the Romagnoli hasn't really been him. So he's. I don't think he's. Like, I don't no, think he's I would not blame that game on Tato Rusano. Like no, but yeah, no, but no, no. I, I don't know. I don't know. I actually kind of blame that game on the referee. Kind of got out of the hand. Could have been very comfortable. Um, I, you know, referee and players for that game. But ever since, I think it's just a mentality thing for Romagnoli. I it think is. That guy has been very suspect. No, but you know what though? He did say that. I don't think he's at peak physical fitness because you can. I saw a video of someone tweeted that it was him running. It was like he can't. He's not running as quick as he was, and I think yeah, when they I compare think, the video with him running, chasing down Ronaldo, exactly. So I think, and Romagnoli said in an interview, he said that his injury was worse than they suspected it to be. He was supposed to return quicker than he did. He was supposed to be back. Remember when he yeah. got hurt in July? They said he'll be back for the start of the season for sure. Remember, he didn't come back till what beginning of uh, for the Derby, right? The Derby. Yeah. So, so he took a long time. The, the Derby was what October tenth. I believe so, yeah. Oh my god, around there. So Romagnoli took an extra like four weeks almost. And he said in the interview that it was a serious injury. And usually when a guy pulls up like that with no content, I remember it was against Sassuolo, you always get worried. He's like, oh crap. Because there was no con- it wasn't a bang, right? It was a twist or a pull or a sprain or a strain or a tear. Right. So it was scary. And and I think that it's gonna take him a little bit a little bit longer. And then he he pulled out of the starting lineup with a muscular problem. So hopefully the international break. But he did get called up to the national team. I'm assuming he's not going to go. Hopefully not. The international break is stupid right now anyway. They shouldn't even be having it. I agree. There's no point. Um, it's so very, like, it's just, so that gives, yeah. That gives Romagnoli two weeks to heal before Napoli. Um, because obviously we need him at peak fitness. I mean, Gabia has been a, a very good substitute. Don't get me wrong. He's been very solid in the matches he's played against uh, Bologna, Crotone, and the Europa League. He's been fine. However, you want Romagnoli in there. He's experienced. He's been playing with Milan for six years now. And it's nice to have him and, him and Donnarumma and even Kier. Simon Kier has been a, a total leader of the teams deriving. Um, Great. It's nice to have a lot of voices back there, especially because we have a lot of young players like, you know, Rafael Leal, Benacer, Kessi, Salamarcus. Um, like, but I mean, 
to have some consistency with your second center back. Well, I'd argue, and I always say that he's our best center back. He's our best overall Ooh. talent. The Kier. Yeah, Simon Kier is a great defender. He's amazing. I think than Romagnoli. He's a better defender. I think they're better at different things. So, I don't know. I, I, think, I think they complement each other very well. Well, but, is Calabria. I think he's been phenomenal since the start of the season. Calabria, Calabria, Calabria yeah, is a player. No, no. I think he's playing better than what he usually does, which yeah. is a very, very big No. And I think he needs to you know, continue because he's called up now to the national team, which I'm very happy. Oh, yes. Yeah, players. Yeah. So many. <laughs> Yeah, but still, it's still an accomplishment for someone. Oh, like call it to. Yeah, confidence, man. The guy goes into the national team saying, oh, that's awesome. I literally just I uh, got my job back. And, hey, like that right side on Italy, like who's he Who's he competing against? Florenzi for that right side? Yeah, Florenzi's over. Yeah. Like, he's in the past. For me, I don't know, man. He's been playing very, very good with PSG lately. Very good. Like it just yeah. him team together there in PSG. They've been but doing he steps it up, then I can't complain because he's for the national team. So it better for us. Well, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, I know. But Calabria, Calabria was a player that he was a hot name to leave Milan in the summer in the Mercato. So to see him kind of step up, especially because Conti's like, he's not even, uh, he's pretty sad. As a player. Yeah, like I feel bad for the kid. Like Me I don't too. think he's. Yes. Well, he I also plays he, scared. He plays scared, yeah. right? Because he doesn't want to tackles anymore. Because this guy's already ruptured his ACL, what, three times? Yeah, two well, times. Yeah. Two times. Yeah, yeah. Same. He tore his ACL two times, and he's had other injury problems along the way. So, Hamstring thighs, yeah, poor guy. Well, now, I, I want to ask you guys, because I was thinking about this. I think our issue right now is midfield, which I think our two starting midfielders, no question, is Kessie and Benesur. But now we cannot be playing those guys all the time. What I've been seeing is Donali, he comes in, he would have a good game. He would have bright moments. But then there's mistakes that he would do, which I understand because he's very young still. He's learning. But I think we suffer in that midfield because we don't have another midfielder that can come in and help the team. Because I said if we got back Yoko, that would have been massive. And I just – That would have. You know, I think we need to get another midfielder in January yeah. for sure because I see Kessie that guy's a tank he doesn't stop I love the guy and uh, Benesur too but it's just too much and then we to rely on Tonali at a young age I'm not sure Tonali's ready he hasn't really shown me much he's not ready. yeah like yeah uh, like how you said uh like he's had some bright moments but overall like I like just like reading it like I'm sure you guys read on Twitter it's like wow we're gonna be paying 40 million euros for just like some highlights mid game, like how like Paqueta was. Like we're paying forty million euros for like a highlight reel that can last maybe four minutes throughout his entire career. Like well, no, about Tonali? Yeah, like I'm oh. just comparing like the hype that uh, like Okay, but like, the problem is Tonali's a good midfielder. You saw it at Brescia. I watched a lot of Brescia last year because I was, I, I thought they were a fun team because they had Balotelli, they had Tonali. I watched a lot of them because I almost wanted to see how they were in Serie A. So free goal against Genoa too. Yeah, exactly. So, but he was good. Like he's a good player. It's just I think that there's a lot of more. There's a lot more pressure at Milan than there is at Brescia, right? Tons of more pressure at Brescia. You can play free. He plays freely. He's the best player on the team. When he comes to, when he comes to Milan, he's not the best player on the team anymore. Yeah, he needs that confidence back. But he's young. It's okay. He's young. It's yeah, fine. I'm glad 
there's still someone like Ibra. There's someone like Kiera on the team that, like, you know, like yeah. Ibra is like the only person, the only professional soccer player, or the second professional soccer player to have scored in at least four decades. Uh, honorable mentions to I forget the guy's name. He's in the Japanese league. I think he's like 52 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I don't know back in the 90s. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like here, like here's up and down. Like remember, like he went to Lille. How he was saying in his interviews, and he got re- he was reborn there. Went to Fenerbahce, if I'm if I remember correctly. Then at Atalanta, at Sevilla, he was playing well again. And then we and we, we got him for like what two and a half million euro? Oh my god! That's literally days of the Condor. Exactly. Um, yes. And yeah. Anyway, but in January we'll have a podcast before then, obviously. But hopefully, <laughs> we'll need a midfielder. Um, we need a midfielder, especially if, especially if we're in a top four position at that time and we're competing in Europa League. You need some more squad depth. You have to. And I like. See, this is the thing. Remember, we talked about it on the podcast. This is why you keep a guy like Kunic. You don't sell him. Why are we going to sell him for? Yeah, he's a player. He's a squad player who can play as a trikartista. He can play in the midfield. He can play. He plays on the left sometimes, and he played really well against Celtic when he played there. And he was. He's a good. Kunic is not a bad player. He's not a bad squad player at all. I remember his uh, the season before Milan bought him. He led the league in expected assists. Like, yeah, he was good. He's a machine. The guy knows what to do. And he's good for Bosnia Herzegovina, and that's when you know, like, if, if a player is really good for his national team, every single time he goes international break, you know that the player is he's a good player. You know what I mean? Like, you know that that player is important. Yeah, you know it's not just fluke. Like the guy's been doing that. The guy's been doing it for a while now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just it's it's tough. But um, we'll see, and we'll see what we have to do in January. We'll see where we are as as a team. Maldini and co have a lot of work to do. And, you know, this it's nice having some, like a lot of commentators. Now you listen to them. They talk about our squad depth a lot, which is weird because we ne- they never had that talk. It's like, oh, wow. You look at yeah. me on bench. They have Ante Rebic. They have freaking Brahim Diaz. It's like, wow, okay, okay. He's, I think he's, we need to buy him for $25 million. Uh, I, I buy Brahim Diaz. I, I think him. he's been, well, obviously I'm not going to include Ibra into this because no doubt, like no matter what Ibra does, even if he misses the next 15 penalties, like of, our like, best player, he's regardless, like he's our number one player. I think it's him and Donnarumma player, one and two interchangeable. And then I think Brahim Diaz has been spot on this season. Like whenever we need a bright spot, like a his little balance, it's his, ba- his balance is impeccable. Like he showed that the skill with City, he showed the skill with with Madrid. But Zidane, like obviously, you can't blame Zidane. Like he had to go up against Ronaldo, Bale, Hazard, uh, Asensio, Isco when he when Isco would play a free role on the right side. Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo, like it was just a never-ending cycle of wingers that they'd bring in, and I'm, I'm glad now he's sticking it to the man. He's like, no, this is what you had. Now you're gonna lose it. Like I find, like, why, why go back? Why go back to Real Madrid? Like you're happy here. He was, he grew up a Milan fan. He went to tons of games. Like, well, that's the same with Dalot because man, I, I like him too. I like him too. And hey, he's, when he's played, I like him on the left side though. Well, I, he, when he played on the left against uh, Sparta Prague, he looked very energetic. He did, man. Mm-hmm. Like little outside of the boot crosses. Oh, that was disgusting. Um, that was disgusting. That was disgusting. That Portuguese connection right there was beautiful. Well, you know what though? Like the, the, the Diogo Dalot, like you know how much he was bought for. Um, 
Yeah, it was like 40 million euros. And like, and that's why I'm like, well, why would these guys give up on him? But the Milan New, Milan News have have uh, reported that um, yeah, Moncada has one of the best scouting like reports in the entire world. He's got scouting networks everywhere. Like that guy's been finding us like genius little players. I know, but the thing is though, is that Milan News tweeted that like there's been some talk with 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 the law and Brahim Diaz entourage to, entourage, to, yeah. to, to take them at the end of the season. And that's why I say it's like, oh, it's a dry loan. Screw this. What a bad move. No. Well, just because it's a dry loan just doesn't mean that, that they didn't say a gentleman's agreement, okay, in by you know February, March, we'll talk about it and we'll see how the performance is and we'll we'll see what kind of deal we can make in, in just just because it's not an option to buy right now doesn't mean especially during COVID when the money is a you know mm-hmm. what I mean like everything's like, a lot of teams are, are penny pinching, um, exactly. so it, just because like, there's a lot of gentlemen's agreements that and if we if anybody knows anything about gentlemen's agreement it should be Milanisti with with Galliani he was Mister Gentleman's yeah. Agreement, um, well I mean, I mean I scratch your back you scratch my back exactly, exactly. I remember I remember, the, remember when Galliani had dinner with Tevez and then he went to Juve, um, oh my God man that was that was. <laughs> I really think that Tevez Robinho link up could have been something phenomenal. Well, Tevez was Do you remember when the banter, real banter, is when there was a huge derby between Milan? There's a huge derby between Milan, Juve, Roma, Inter, per, for, for uh, Juan Manuel Iterbe. Remember him? Yes. Oh, really? no. to Rome. I Every team know. wanted him. Every team wanted him. Milan was close to. I remember, uh, like, I was in Italy during that summer, yeah. and reports every single day on La Gazzetta on all the main newspapers there. Oh, M- Milan offers thirty-five million plus bonus. Yeah, just offering the same thing but with higher wages. Inter promising more playing time. Then he goes to Rome, and it just shocks you because you're like, wow, okay. So it went so from I uh, went from being one of the most underrated squads. Jorginho went to Napoli for eight million euros, which was like the most WTF moment. Like That's from Verona, from Verona. <clears throat> well, so look at just I have his, his uh, I have Iturbe's uh, card up here. So Verona, that one year, thirteen fourteen, that was with Luca Toni too, right? Yeah. Toni and Jorginho. Do you remember that last game when the Verona beat Juve? Yeah, Luca Toni. Okay, he had eight goals in four assists. Milan. So he had eight goals in four assists, moves to Roma, scores one goal and uh, scores three goals the whole season, all competitions. Goes to Bournemouth on loan, plays 50 minutes, goes back to Roma, scores one goal, then goes and then stays at Roma till 2017, does nothing, goes to Torino, plays 600 minutes, scores a goal. And then he was off the map for two years. He didn't play, I guess, because there's nothing here from 2018-19, and now he's playing for Pumas. Yeah, in Mexico. In Mexico. So he didn't do anything for like three years. Just shows you, like, uh, you can be awful, and then you can still get paid millions to do nothing. Yep. Or oh, one like, minute. It's just funny looking looking back at that and thinking, like, wow, like this was the. This was like the, the derby of of a trend of Mercato derby between all these top teams in Italy at the time, and and this For is that. what because like in, at that time like Milan weren't like Milan were going down, but we weren't we weren't done we weren't awful yet because we we, we played in the Champions League in 2013, so like we weren't crazy bad yet, you know. So yeah, so it's just crazy. Um, we'll move on. We'll move on from that. I don't want to mm-hmm. talk about the Mercato too much because it's kind of annoying. 
but exactly. we'll talk about the upcoming fixtures. So, so this is this is Milan's next. This is the schedule after the national break. So next Sunday, uh, we no sorry not next Sunday sorry in two in two weeks, uh, uh, November twenty second we got Napoli at the San Paolo. Tough match. Going to be a very tough match. Um, then we have Lille at Lille. Another tough match. That's two tough matches in four days. And then we come back. We come back home against Fiorentina. Another tough match. And then we come back at home against Celtic four days later. So our next our next four matches are Napoli, Lille, Fiorentina, Celtic. It doesn't get any easier. It doesn't. Yeah. This international break is nice because I like when I see Theo when when you know he doesn't get called up for France, right? I love it. It's better that way. <laughs> yeah, I do agree because I don't want him to. Well, now obviously, but like if not, like the poor guy, like he's no, no, you're right, but I don't want, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want him to get hurt on international break. I don't want to get hurt or sick. Stay with, you know, stay at home, relax, because he needs rest. He's a good player. He's an important player. He needs to work on his finishing, but he's a good player. Yeah. Um. And then, so anyway, after that Celtic match, we then go to Sampdoria away, tough match. Sparta Prague away, another tough match. Yeah, I wouldn't call Sampdoria away a tough match anymore. Like they've been playing very away is always a tough match for me. I, I say we can beef Fiorentina. Like I well, even with Prandelic with the news today that he's the new coach. Yeah, yeah. I don't see Fiorentina still doing anything because I just don't think like they have quality. They actually too. have a strong squad, I'll be yeah, honest. They Castrovilli, they have Bonaventura, they have yeah. other guys. It's just I don't think they work well together unless Prandelli, like he makes a miracle. Exactly. The big games for me is Napoli, Lille, Celtic, and uh I think those three. I'm not worried about Fiorentina or Sampdoria, but those are must wins for me. But I think the biggest game, what's going to determine like the future, is Napoli Milan. That's going to be massive right there. That's going to determine a lot. And yeah, I, well, yeah, no, just to go off your point, Marco, like then you you would say like you'd say yeah, the biggest game is Napoli, but like really, like Milan's got to make sure they get the three points against Fiorentina. And the three points against Sampdoria because yeah, we Milan can lose to to Napoli, Juve, Inter. They can lose to these guys, but they gotta make sure all the smaller games or whatever. I don't want to throw any shade or disrespect to, to other teams, but any games where they should be expected to win, they need to bring home three points. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like whatever. If they lose to Napoli, sure. Obviously, like the unbeaten season goes up. I'd the love win. a draw. I'd love a draw. I, I'm fine with the draw too, but like Milan needs to go, needs to host Fiorentina, and they need to absolutely win. demolish them on November night. So you basically you have to, and this is what I always say to friends and who like teams in other leagues. I've said it on the podcast before, being top four doesn't mean you beat all the top teams. Being exactly. top four means you beat all the teams you were supposed to beat. So meaning that in this Milan. If you look at it, you know, we've gotten over the co- last couple of years, we've gotten some results against like, you know, Lazio, a couple of draws here and there, Roma, we haven't lost to every single time. But it's the teams like during the, when we almost won the Champions League, like dropping points to Padma in the 90th minute to a Bruno Alves free kick. Uh, we drew, um, who do we draw? We drew like, we like, I remember like, I remember when Crotone was back, was up a couple of years, two years ago, we drew, we drew them 1 1. Like at Crotone. Udinez beat a couple times too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, Udinez is, to be honest, we never win that fixture away to Udinez. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it. But I feel like, but I feel like uh, maybe our luck's in a gene, but we always struggle there. Always. Um, anyway, but we played Genoa. 
Sampdoria. They have to be two wins. We're the, yeah. we're, they're the inferior team. But then we play Sassuolo, and that's tough too. Sassuolo, I think right now, they play the most beautiful culture. That yeah, I yeah. In Milan. In Milan is attractive culture with all the attacking. I think Dizadby is a great coach. Dizadby is phenomenal. Like you said, the coach of uh, Verona and Sassuolo, those two guys, if you put them at a big team, I can see them doing well. And, and if they keep doing well, they will get promoted to They will. If Inter, if Inter need a coach, if Conte gets fired, they might go for Dizadby. I, I can see it. Conte is overrated, I think. Oh, he is. He just gets paid 12 million euro a year. Okay. See, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far to call him overrated because every team he's gone to, he's he's had success. Like okay, he goes, okay, okay, but what about overpaid? How about that? Um, I think he's among one of the well, I think he's among the top ten coaches. I know, but 12 million euro, I don't think any coach would be getting that. Uh, well, Simeone is, I think, making like 20 million euros a yeah, year. Yeah, but I, 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 yeah, but I'll still say that that's crazy. That I don't agree. He's overpaid. Yeah, but it's like the obviously a coach now has the leverage. You're thinking, okay, you want me? You want a guy that can like just look at my track record? Like you got to pay me money. Like it's normal that coaches are going to do that. It's just a market of if football. It's like look at now, look at um. Look at all the guys that Juve had. Like the top five Serie A earners are, I'm pretty sure, top five Serie A earners, all Juve players. And it's like you look at the squad and you're like, really, he's earning that much? It's, dude, it's based on the economy. It's based on how much money sport makes. And like, if you think about it, it's actually good, man, because that's actually more money that the owners, that less money the owners are making, that's more money that the players are making. So they're employees. So if you look at it in that way, yeah, it's like pretty good trade off, pretty decent trade off. Yeah, I just we'll see. I don't know. I, honestly, I, I just think that's tough. like we have that this November and December is going to be tough. Like this, the rest of this November, you yeah. know, Napoli, Leo, Fiorentina, Celtic, Sampdoria, or sorry, Fiorentina, and then December, you know, like a game we, we play Parma at home on the thirteenth. That has to be three points, guaranteed. It has to be a guaranteed win. It has to be. You can't draw points to that because then we have a midweek game at Genoa and then Sunday at Sassuolo. And then we go for a Christmas fixture against Lazio. So mm-hmm. it's like, and then we have the Christmas, the Christmas break. So, and then it doesn't get easier. We go Benevento, then Juve. Yeah. Well, I'm just, good football too. I'm just looking back at like this, like recent history, like the recent seasons, like the last three, four years. And, the t- the top four teams, the fourth place team, every single year has gotten no more than eight, hasn't lost no more than eight times. Eight? Eight. So we basically have to average about one loss per... Every four games. Yeah, every five. Five or six would be nice. Well, obviously, yeah. But yeah, every four games... Yeah, that make sure that Milan doesn't draw the, like, the 12 times like Juve did when they started their reign, when Juve had like... I think it was like six wins and like 12 draws in the first like 18 games of the season. And then yeah. they went down to the Muntari goal, which let them draw. If you can draw a lot of the top teams, oh, that's great because then it doesn't, um, let, anybody, it doesn't let anybody go ahead of anybody. You know what I mean? Everybody kind of stays Milan, Milan can go to Napoli or they, yeah, go to Napoli. If Milan can go to yeah, Napoli in the home of Maradona, the home of, of the god of football and get one point, I'm happy. Oh, I'd be celebrating the point. Dude, that's one point. You just got to hope that obviously it'd be nice if Sassuolo doesn't win because then that means they leapfrog us. Yeah. Because they got the – actually, no, because – oh, no, it would because they have more goals. 
Well, actually, that that, that that's a good game. Sassuolo Verona next uh, 22nd. That's a good yeah. game. That's going to be like a, a two nothing or a one game for Sassuolo. Honestly, they have Sassuolo has Verona, Inter, Roma, Benevento, Fiorentina. But like for me, no game is easy in Serie A. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. There's no easy. And you can ask any and you can ask any player who's playing every other league, and you can ask him. You can talk to Ronaldo. He says it's tough to find space in Italy here. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It's yeah, a in history. Said. It took Ronaldo his first, like, yeah, it took him three league games to finally score. And his first competitions were like Kievo, Sassuolo, and like. Yeah, he couldn't score. He couldn't score. There's no space. There's not enough space. But now, obviously, you get used to it when you're a great player. But, and then you can find space with your coach and stuff like that, and you tactically. But it's just simple as that. Like, City has a tough league, and Milan are going to have to dig deep. And, uh, you know, I, I think that with with Ibra, we always can. With Ibra, I'm, I have confidence in a match. It, you know, he's the bright spot, but at the same time, we're cursed because if anything happens to him, he's injured or he's not playing. I think, guys, that's the falling point for Milan. But sure, but that, and that's why January, like, are we gonna, like, we haven't, like, I, I saw that, like, uh, Lorenzo Colombo, Lolo Colombo, they call him Lolo, he hasn't touched the field in a long time. So obviously, like, I think he's playing Primavera too, I think. Yeah, he, I think he's not up and down because he's I still. Think, yeah, I think he's eligible. Yeah, is Maldini not eligible anymore? Uh, he should be. He's ninety. He's a oh, 90, I, he's ninety-eight. You know, ninety-eight. Probably not. No, I don't think he's eligible anymore. But I think Lolo Colombo is. He's eighteen. Exactly, Lolo Colombo is from two thousand and one. No, two thousand and two. Yeah, two thousand and two. I think. Gosh, crazy, crazy. But um, holy steroids. Yeah, like <laughs> he's trying to prosata and mozzarella and pizza and pasta that guy's eating is. <laughs> um, honestly, like we'll see. And this Milan team is a dig deep, and I think Pioli has done a great job. And I think that, and even like I don't know if you guys saw Yurich's interview. He said Milan are fant- He said in Italian, he said they're fantastic. He said the way they play. He said they're so tough to play against in his interview. He said Milan are fantastic. They're such a good team. And we do play some good football. I can see – I remember a lot of years we didn't have an identity of how we play. But now I kind of know what I'm going to see. I know the link-ups we're trying to do. I know what we're trying to do on the field. I think the Verona result was just uh, the two own goals set us back. And obviously Verona sit back after that because they can. And we – we did penetrate them though. We scored one and we scored two more disallowed, hit a post, missed a penalty. Should have got another penalty because Leal got stepped on his ankle. Mm-hmm. Should have got talking about that. Should have been another penalty. Um, so like, uh, it's just one of those things where, and I, I get it. People like Milanisti are going to get mad. I, I get freaking mad all the time. Everybody gets mad. We're not going to be a perfect team. Um, yeah. And I wish Mike was on the podcast too, because he would be, he'd say the same thing, but yeah. um, He's the most real. He's the most pessimistic, optimist out of all of us. Like he'll see optimism, yeah. but then he'll be, he'll be straight with you. I know, but I'm. But the problem is, I think I, I have trust issues. You know, with me. Oh, like, we, well, we've been through the past years. Yeah, I mean, so when when I see us, when I see us drop it on at home, that reminds me of the days when it said like insert coin game over save AC Milan. Yeah. Like, I have a question for you guys. I was thinking about this. Sure. Just like right now. If if Milan miss out on top four by like very by like a very very marginal amount, like, like two points, like less than four points. Okay. What do you think happens to to Pioli? You you can't you can't yeah. sack a coach. You can't. You have to have continuity. Yeah. You can't. You, need- you can't. You can't sack a coach after success because you know what? 
if we get if we get 19 wins, 20 wins, 21 wins, and we don't get in top four, that means the league is really good. 72 to ensure. Oh, well, last year was an outlier because yeah. everyone just became amazing all of a sudden. Yeah. And like Lazio, Lazio and Juve were on par. And then the only reason Lazio didn't win was because I think they won. They got like three. Great. I and think like, COVID break ruined them. Yeah, COVID ruined them. And if not, they were. I would have. I would have celebrated a Lazio scudetto. I think Lazio. I think Lazio would have would have won. But yeah, oh. I, look at, I look at Inter. They got in with seventy two points. Yeah, um, seventy two. The, the year before that, it was seventy two. Every other year, seventy two points gets you at least fourth place. So well, last year. It was 78 that got you fourth. I'm pretty sure. And then even the year before that, it was 67 points got got that. Um, Daniel Ambrosio saved him. Man, a lot of Inter people talk crap about him, but he, I think he, I know, he saved him. He is, he is amazing. He's an. I'm, just, I'm just looking at the city last season. Well, 2014-15, Milan were tenth place at 52 points. Okay, we what did it Andrew Gravina? Who was up, we, we finished three points ahead of Palermo. Three points. You know who finished ahead of us? Torino. I yeah. think it was Ventura coaching him too. Back in the day. Yeah. That's sad, man. We only had we only had six more points than Hellas Verona. Like we were close to relegation. We were closer to relegation than we were in the top four. Exactly. Uh, that um, was... Okay, you see that question that Andrew uh, put up? No, I didn't. Let me see. Uh, okay, hey Andrew, how's it going? Uh, who do you uh-huh. want to see Milan sign in the January transfer window? Okay, so we talked about it a little while ago. I, I think. But we didn't put any names up. No, we didn't put any names because the reason the reason why Andrew is because like with COVID, you just don't really know money wise how much like what are, what are our funds going to be in January? That's a big question, right? What are we going to have? Who are we going to sell? Are we going to sell anybody? Um, we need a midfielder. We need, a, we need a midfielder. We have enough players in the in the three behind the strike. We have yeah, I- Akan, Brahim, Castillo, Salamakas, Rebic, uh, Leao. We have enough players there. We don't need anybody else there to sit there. And we even Krunic can play in that three. Yeah, we need I'm, a midfielder that is like a like I, I'm not gonna I don't like Connor like this, like 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 a, a substitute for Kessie. Yes, that's um, the main thing. Another midfielder for a substitute for Kessie, and then a C, uh, center back would be great. A center back would be nice because we, I hope we get rid of we, if we get rid of like uh, Leo Duarte and bring in another center back. I'm just looking around the city because you know we like to make transfers within city a lot. Just everybody does. Like if you look at this, like you know, the, like I'd love Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu would be a great coup from Bologna. I'm not the a problem big is, fan. no, you're not a big fan. But he want they want like twenty five million for him. So I don't think yeah, that's that's I'm how. Not convinced by that twenty five million, especially now. That's a very important figure. Yeah, First, yeah, but no. like, okay, okay. Would you guys take someone like a Martin Casadas? No, no. Okay. Would you, you guys take some, someone? Yeah, like but, embarrassed. if no, we find a. Low cost and has to be low cost. Low cost, but someone like a center back who can do these long balls because Romagnoli doesn't do it as much. Kier he does. Used to. He used to do it, not anymore. I think Pulis doesn't want him to. No, it doesn't look like that. It looks like Kier is the main guy doing no, it. Yeah, with Romagnoli, no matter what, he always looks at tail and gives about a tail, no matter what. Yes. he yeah. always looks left. But Kier is has like the green light to kind of spray. Spray some balls here. And Andrew says, I would like to send a vice either personally or a better right wing. So right wing yeah. would be something that I, to be honest with you, Castillejo is max at a last 10, 15 minute player. Yeah, but the problem is he does have some spark against Celtic. He looked very good. He did. 
and that's the, there's an issue. So, like, it's like, is he a decent squad player? I think he is a decent squad player. He can play in the Coppa Italia. He can play against, like, a Spezia in the last and a half against Spezia. But he can't play. He can't start, like, for, for example, against Napoli. He can't start. I yeah. actually don't mind Salamakers. I do not mind him. I don't. A lot of people meme put, uh, put memes on him. That guy is he, he's been one of our most he's been one of our better players this year. You can you can disagree, but he he makes a lot of intelligent turns. He he comes back on defense. It's a big thing. He comes back on defense, and that's that's something that Pioli. I don't know if you guys ever listen. Do you guys listen with the TV loud or no? Like when you when you watch a game, do you do you listen to yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Okay. I don't know if you ever, do you ever hear him yelling? Dai Leal, grande, grande Leal, Leal, grande. Andrew, you're a genius. Andrew, you're a genius, man. You're one of the few people that actually thinks he's sick. Yeah. I read Salamakers. Maker is so, so useful. But there if I answer Andrew's question, like personally, I think what we need, we need, you need a defensive midfielder that can come in and just make sure that like if he's in, you're not he's not gonna make any defensive mistakes. And like right now, I'm just looking at the table, and there are guys from Genoa, from Udinese, from Crotone that are gonna want out surely. And I think it's time for Milan to go for someone like Badelj, like how they wanted to. That'd be a, that'd be a good sign, especially like Romulo. Romulo. Low cost Romulo's good. Very, very efficient players. They'll come on for their you know, against the weaker sides, against your Udinese's, Genoa's, Crotone's, a, a Europa League if Milan have already won the first, like, via the first uh, leg. Like, something like that. Very, very cheap, very economic. Can it also be, like, a dry loan? You know what, though? You know what I was thinking, too? Torino. Because they're that team... I feel like a lot of the guys, the better players there, might not want to be there anymore. And listen, in their midfield, it's not great. But they, I like Thomas Rincon. I yeah. do. He's a hard worker. He would, be, would be the perfect team. He's a really sick player on that team. I've always loved Bazelli, but the guy looks like he phased out. He definitely phased out. But Is he hurt? He's hurt. I thought he Even just talking about like recent years, that guy's been... Like he's not really, yeah, he's yeah. coming from torn ACL. So like, but well, yeah. with what Andrew was saying with the right wing, I think guys, what's going to make us a step above because we have Leal and Rebic on the left, which I think that's great. The left, well, is- actually, actually, I think it's Brahim Yesterday, in yesterday's match, I believe. So right. our substitutions, we took off. Let me go look again. I think uh, for the right wing, actually. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, well, yeah, listen, listen. Yesterday, we took off. Let me see. We took off Salamakar at halftime for. for Rebic. Rebic went to the left. Leao went to the right. Did he not? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So. Leao was taken out. And then, from- and then, and then uh, Le- uh, Leao was taken out for Brahim Diaz. And so Brahim Diaz played on the right. And then it was. Uh, and uh, hey, then Peter Hauja came in. Yeah, and then and then Halge came for Chalinoglu. Brahim Diaz went to the middle, and Halge went to the right. Uh, Halge, so, right. So that means that basically that I think a lot of these players are pretty ver- like Brahim Diaz is pretty versatile because like, he's he's pretty versatile to play along those three. And I think so is Rebic and Leao. Um, obviously, Leao and Rebic are both right footed, so they're like well, honestly, Rebic needs to screw off with a step over sometimes. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> 
Like it's not that, like I'm like Greg, but like he just does he doesn't even look, he just does random step they, they, they work. They work. I'm ugly doing those step oh I know, but they work though. Somehow they work, sometimes they don't. Like, what is he doing? I know, but Leao, Leao has a one thing I love about Leao, he has a great stride. When he runs, oh my god, he has long legs. We've been missing that for years, and we have Leao. You know, and I, it's such a joy to see him. Like the guy's smiling yeah. while passing players. I'm like, this guy no. it's kind of weird. He was hilarious. Yeah. He stopped. Yeah, but- he, he stopped on the ball. He ran. He had a smile on his face. I like, know that was gross. That was gross. That one movie did. I know exactly. We were all saying like Milan wanted to give up on him because it was like, oh my god, we oh, I, I never did on this guy. Like man, all he needed was some continuity. He needed a coach that knew how to deploy him. You know, they all even said he likes playing wide a lot more because he has more space. And you know, whatever. He's young. He played. I'm sure he played FIFA. I'm sure he watched Ronaldinho highlight tapes. Yeah, he does. Little stepovers. And you know what? If he wants to do them, he's doing them. He does it at times when, when it's not incredibly crucial, like where he can risk doing it. Like he's smart with the ball now, which I've seen. Which yeah. I've seen. Yeah. And then Andrew just said uh, Nathan Nandez from Calgary. Yeah. From Dude. Calgary, he is solid. The issue is with him, uh, Andrew, is that uh, um, they play. They paid, I think, over twenty million for him. So they're gonna want a hefty. They're gonna. They're not gonna want to take a huge loss. And again, it has to be low cost. Yeah, but also Di Francesco knows how to use this guy. Like Nandez is playing. Yeah, is it still Di Francesco, the Calgary coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Di Francesco. Yeah. Nandez, like he'll be like Di Francesco will deploy him on the right as a center, as a deep playmaking center midfielder, or as like right behind Jao Pedro and Simeone. And Pedro like, pardon, love Jao Pedro. I thought you said he's he's uh, he's shit. No, he's sick. Oh, no, I, I love um, that, but yeah, like and Andrew, like I thought that's a good. Do you have any other shouts? Like put in the chat if you do any other name shouts. It's it's tough to, it's tough to um, to see, um, like to, well, it's tough to it's tough to think of names. You know what I mean? It's tough to think of names just off, off the top of our head because there's there's a million players and think about it. Rafael who the hell talked about him before we even got linked to him? We didn't talk about him. No, like in Italy, they didn't really talk about. They didn't know him. So no, it, it's not. Yeah, he had a little bit of hype. I remember Bayern was reading into him. But, like, hey, Milan were the first ones that put the offer in. And, obviously, Lille saw that huge cash offer. And they were like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Obviously, we're going to we accept also, We also gave them uh, Tiago – what's his name? Uh, defender. No, no, Tiago Diallo. Diallo. Tiago Diallo. And then we – and then I think it was, like, $27 million or something like that. Um, but, yeah, honestly, guys, we're – Getting into the almost an hour of the show, and we always, we always try to aim for forty minutes, but it, it's tough. We, we talk. have so much to talk about. So well, think about much. How, how many guys do you, do you get to talk Milan with? You know what I mean? Like not really that many. Normally, man, um, I didn't get to Mignoli slander. Damn, I don't want. No one wants to hear that anyway. We already <laughs> talked about it. Um, but honestly, just just to close it out. Uh, to Andrew, to everybody who uh, to Pudi uh, who put it in the in the chat. Thanks so much for, for listening and interacting with us. It's fun. Thanks for participating, boys. Oh, no, I love doing it. Love answering questions. Um, Definitely come back for more. Uh, we're going to yeah. do a pod soon. Yeah, so, we're, we're going to try. Everybody's kind of busy. Um, school, work, you know. Um, but we'll try our best. And, you know, international is kind of boring, but give me a chance to recharge. And so just honestly, I just 
thank you so much for listening and you know we're on youtube and then our podcast we uploaded to itunes or apple podcasts and google and iHeartRadio radio and basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast describe to us on youtube it's in our twitter bio and yeah honestly andrew anybody if you guys have any suggestions any you ever want to come and talk and honestly you guys want to come and talk a couple minutes on the show let me know uh, let us know we would love that uh the more the more the yes, merrier yes i'd love that bro oh of course the more the merrier and uh and yeah uh, marco umbi any closing remarks you guys want to say marco i'll ask you first Yes, all right. So I think, guys, there's a lot of Milan fans right now are nervous or scared. I think we're actually in a great period right now, even though, yes, that tie with Roma, uh, tie with Verona, I'm not too worried. I think we go in, you know, coming out of this international break, I think, you know, those two weeks of preparation are going to be great. And uh, I think we can pull out this win at Napoli and uh, I think we can surprise people even more. I think uh, a lot of uh, good things are yet to come. Um, okay, my closing remarks. Yeah, basically, I don't want to just. I, I don't want to keep saying the same stuff. Like, um, I didn't expect this. Obviously, um, I expected something similar the way we closed out the season, but I did not expect first place uh, after seven weeks playing good. Pioli balls in full effect. You know, just got to make sure that there's a plan for when Ibra steps down. Like when he's like, okay, I've guided you this much. I brought you this. I can't do any, I can't do stuff any longer. Like I'm just hoping that there's like a real plan in place for the, like after this season. And, but hey, that's still a long way to go. Milan's gonna, Milan's gonna keep winning and we're gonna keep being happy. And in January, we're going to get ourselves a Milan Badelge and we're going to be happy. <laughs> Hopefully, happy times are coming for Milanisti. Or Ali. I think we all deserve it. I think we've had enough of, of seeing other, other teams, other fan bases enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's our time. So. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll end it off here. Um, well, good good chat to everybody who listened in. Uh, subscribe to us on apple podcast youtube give us a comment send us a dm let us know this is fun forza milan uh we're the milan guys and we're signing off ciao guys ciao, ciao guys maldini at the wheel <laughs> <laughs> let's go maldini at the wheel Andrew. okay bravo, ciao guys. Andrew, bravo ciao